I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. Yes, we are nothing without our vocal warm-up exercises. So saith the queen. <laughs> <laughs> and we are nothing without you. So welcome back to another episode of Clue Done It. Hooray! <laughs> Today we are doing what I believe is called Midsummer Murders. I may get that wrong. For some reason in my brain, I want to keep calling it Midsummer Mysteries, but it is in fact Midsummer Murders. We have murders. a lot of shows planned that are end in mysteries and not murders, but this is definitely murders. And note, plural. Ooh. Not murder singular she wrote uh-huh. or murder singular she baked. It is Midsummer Murders. Murders. So I'm, am I getting in for multiple murders here then? Maybe. I mean, it's likely. It's a thing about this show. Really? Is that there are very likely multiple murders. Not ever a serial killer either. Just high body count. Yeah, high body count. Exactly. It takes place in the deadliest county in England. <laughs> totally fictional. Um, so it is a fictional county. Yeah, yeah. It's a fictional county. Many of the villages and small towns of the county have the word Midsummer in their name. And this is inspired in part by the real county of Somerset okay. in England. And specifically, it's actual town of Midsummer Norton and became a naming convention with the show. So they'll say like, well, this city, Midsummer... Colton or Midsummer Willow Colton, or something. Midsummer Chesterland. Which is, and yeah, yeah. Named after the Somerset villages of Willow and Corsta. One of the funny aspects of the show is that people notice that much of the popularity of the series arises from the incongruity of sudden violence in picturesque and peaceful rural settings. <laughs> Have they not seen Friday the 13th? Right. Oh. <laughs> and, and we've been watching a lot of shows that have that you know, kind of setting, like yes. these very pretty settings, like Endeavor, like yes. Rosemary and Thyme. It's a very um, English thing, apparently. Yeah, there's just always these, or not always, but there are a lot of shows which have these sort of bucolic settings. Sure. And it's, I, also, it's also England, so there are just a lot of pasty white guys. Yes. Like, like there are yeah. so many pasty white guys. It was We were watching some earlier episodes, and it was hard for me to tell them apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there was a definite change in oh. 2011, okay. when so there's D, uh, DCI Detective Chief Inspector. I have to keep all these titles right, yeah. correct. Bar Tom Barnaby. Sorry. There's DCI Tom Barnaby who did 1997 through 2011, mm -hmm. and then he retired because he was 70 years old, and he was like, no, nobody's detecting when they're 70, so it's, it's and certainly I should. <laughs> be also leaving and then it was taken over by john barnaby dci john barnaby who was apparently like his not nephew go, not going too far afield there <laughs> yeah um i wanted to say that i also one of my challenges is that i do not know england that well and so these, these... yes compared to me who, who thought that soho was in new york <laughs> i just I'm constantly like, oh, of course I know. No, I have no idea where these places are. And you could say Cotswolds, and that could be like the entire country uh, of isn't England that a to me. <laughs> I know that that's a cheese somewhere. Uh, it's also a place. Oh, okay. <laughs> or like an area. Sure. Okay. Anyway. Sure, sure, sure. A region. 
Um, they liked the cheese so much they named it that, right? That's how that works? The cheese came sure. first and then the name? There's really a Cotswolds cheese? I'm fairly certain there is, yes. Okay. All right. We're going to look that up. <laughs> anyway, my so with this whole thing of like, where are these places actually? And like, is Midsummer Murders taking up, you know, space right next door to Endeavor? Yes, please talk about cheese. <laughs> no, there is. There's absolutely a Cotswold cheese. It's a variation on the double Gloucester. So there you go. Oh, nice. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just going to try to say I know a little bit about cheese. <laughs> Good job. Good Speaking job. of cheese. Yes. This is this is going to be perhaps a very tortured transition in here. But one of the things that like, okay, so I have said in the past, I am on record as saying that like American shows are snappier than British crime shows. Like what I've decided has happened is that Americans love, like Americans love William Shatner. Like William Shatner will get into a scene he'll take all the pauses in a line like that's just William Shatner he's gonna he's gonna try and make every pause in a line he possibly yes. can yeah but the show is still gonna be fast Star Trek was still yeah. 44 minutes TJ Hooker 44 minutes shout out to all my 80s peeps but England they don't put any pauses in the line well okay Hugh Grant does but like they just like a very pause show like if they can put a little pause in a show and take their time over here and just meander a little bit over here like they just meander this show me like it doesn't meander this show is straight as an arrow with all the things that have to happen and the clues and everything in it but man it just feels like you're taking a walk through an english park it's just like let's take a walk shall we take a turn about the garden yes and now let's discuss the murder it is 90 minutes long it is it is 90 minutes and I won't say you feel every minute of it, but you definitely know you're watching something that's been shown on PBS. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like you kind of buckle in. You, you've watched, you've had your TV dinner. You've had your TV dinner. Now, now you've got you're your like, tea. And then you're going to go to bed maybe afterwards. You have, maybe you have a couple bites of Cotswold cheese ready for you. Yeah. Instead of taking on a new movie on HBO or something, you know, back in the day, uh, where you'd be like, I don't really know if I'm going to like it. I'm not going to have to get to know all these different characters you know, or whatever your movie channel is. Right. Instead, you watch 90 watch an, minutes of Midsummer Murders. Watch another 90 Summer minutes of Midsummer Murders. And then go to bed. And then go to bed. All right. I, I don't then. know. I this is, this is what I was imagining. Because, yeah, I was definitely feeling at a certain point. I was like, we're still going? We haven't <laughs> this is, figured this, this out yet? This is still happening? <laughs> this, is, this is another thing about this show that I just absolutely love about the British, about this show, but kind of British mysteries in general, is there is zero evidence there, I mean, maybe it's just because we saw yes. CSI, but there is zero freaking evidence. Nobody, like the last show we saw, the whole murder mystery was explained by the fact that a mother and daughter murder team used the same weird phrase. That's how he figured it out. The detective yes. figured it out because two random ladies yeah. said the same weird vocabulary tech. That is not how you solve a mystery. I know this woman is doing it because she said something weird. Buddy, you're in England. Everybody says something weird there every five minutes. <laughs> have you heard their accents? Have you not met anyone who does? Right? Have you not heard of like Cockney slang? Come on. Like you're going to like, oh, anyway, zero evidence. That's my biggest, not my biggest complaint, but like there is, there's zero evidence. Yeah. I mean, I, he's lucky they show up. and They, they do they talk show, about evidence. They talk about evidence, but, but the only the, evidence is really. It's never necessary to solve the right, murder. Right. It's never necessary to solve the murder. And they just show up and they're, the, look, the two ladies are killing this guy. We caught him red handed. You're yeah. lucky you did. Yeah. Well, because it's not law and order. They don't have to have the 
the order part at the end where you show up in front of a, some guy in a wig or some person, woman could be, you know, sure, a person some judge. in a some judge is what I mean. Some judge in a wig and have so to po- explain yourself. So point point being, unlike don't... Broadchurch, right? <laughs> oh my God, bro. Oh. Okay, so here's oh, the thing I wanted thing. to tell you yes. is that I've been like looking all these shows. And I'm like, where is this taking place? Obviously, there's a cliff. A cliff where? I don't know. Is it on the east? Is it on the west? Is this near Cardiff? I have no idea. And somebody made a map. <laughs> Actually, two people made a map. Some guy out of Chicago made a map. You can buy it online. He made a map of all the British Isles and your favorite TV shows and placed them like where in London and then like where all over the country, all the way going up to the Shetland Islands and, you know, Scotland and everything. I did. I I think I said it properly. You said it fine. You said it fine. All our listeners at home. like a sixth grader. (laughs) Um, hey, I made it from third. <laughs> and uh, and then somebody, uh, and that was actually a variety of shows because it wasn't just the murder mysteries. Uh-huh. Uh, it included like Doctor Who, which was hilarious because they have the, the phone booth just like floating out in the North Sea or something. Sure. I'm actually not even sure that was the North Sea. But at any rate, it's some, some body of water. And then somebody else commissioned by BritBox made a... A map of where all the murder mysteries take place, but it's only the murder mysteries that are on BritBox. So there are a couple of things shows that are missing, but I just wanted to show this to you, and we'll put it in Instagram because it's yes. really fun. A ton of fun. That's great. Okay, well, I'll the, put them in Instagram. Yes, you put that in Instagram, but we're not focusing on all of them this week. We are watching yeah. Midsummer Murders. So why don't you tell us a little bit? Like I've only seen a couple episodes. You are more familiar with this than I am. So why don't you? T- who is? Who is our, Who are the characters? Well, I'll give you the, shot, the log line here. Great. A veteran detective chief inspector and his young sergeant investigate murders around the regional community of Midsummer County. Okay, so you all got that. And then we told you about how there was one detective and then in 2011 and changed over to this other guy. And that's who we're going to be watching today in season 19, or they call it series, series 19, episode 5. A couple of things about this show, too, sure. besides the, the sort of bucolicness of it. It identifies itself differently from other detective dramas, oh. often by featuring a mixture of lighthearted whimsy and dark humor, as well as a notable soundtrack. Oh, my God, the that soundtrack. Track, sorry, soundtrack that includes the use of the theremin. It really uh, does. An instrument for the show's theme tune and it's funny that they would say this to me because it's funny to me that they would say this because um on imdb and pretty much everywhere else when they're categorizing this show it's categorized uh, the genre take out your bingo cards uh-huh crime drama mystery yeah because there's like what are you supposed to call this like weird comedy thing but it's not even really comedy yeah but there's a humor in it and it it, it is definitely a through line we will see it in this show i am okay. almost positive because it says humor is a main feature of the series there is often dark comedy such as a woman being murdered with a wheel of cheese and uh, oh yeah nothing says face. comedy <laughs> oh my I know. lord so it's Psych, get on that. Many scenes are examples of dramedy, comic drama, or dramatic comedy. So I know your favorite genre that annoys the crap out of you, but it is... Dramedy does not annoy me. I like dramedy. Oh, okay. But it comes up... I'm good. Because it comes up a lot in this show. Like, you're constantly like, they just murdered that person like that? I was just watching an episode (laughs) today 
where another cricket episode, by the way, of course, because we watched an early season cricket episode. This is a late season or later season cricket episode, and the cricketer. By the way, I will murder anyone who tries to teach me the rules to cricket. I'm done. <laughs> I am done trying to figure out cricket. Just learn baseball. Oh gosh. <laughs> so in this, in the cricket episode I was watching today, the guy is, goes into what do you call it? A hitting chamber or no? A, a hitting chamber. <laughs> where, you know, a hitting, where you, where, in baseball, it's called the batter's box. Batter's I'm not box. Sure, it's I'm a not, batter, not a batter's box, but when you go to like practice, a batting cage. Batting cage. Okay. He goes into. Oh, there are cricket batting cages. Yes. Oh, I like it better already. So he goes to a batting cage and. The murderer comes in, and he, of course, he turns around and says, "Oh, you're here. Well, what's going on? How are things?" Or something sure, of that bland yeah. nature. Right. And the person says nothing, and it's scintillating dialogue. Clearly wearing a trench coat or something, and then presses a button on the batting cage machine, presses it like all the way up to like right. you know highest speed, and it just goes right at the cricketer and hits, hits him right in the forehead. <laughs> he falls back into the net, apparently, and then is pelted with ball after ball after ball until one hits him right in the sternum in the heart and stops him. And <laughs> stops his life and just murders him right there. And yeah, like okay, gross. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. I love cricket. Weird. Humor is. Humor is. <laughs> Uh, right yeah yeah yeah. i mean so that's something that we will see in this show it's and it it definitely comes up in every episode where there's just some weird thing all i have to say is i really don't think psych has to worry about being less funny than midsummer murders no they psych yeah for sure anyway tonight's episode yes tonight's episode is called death by persuasion and it's going to be a costume dramedy (laughs) because it says when a young woman slips away from a jane austen weekend dressed in period attire and is found stabbed in the woods Barnaby needs to look back in time to find the killer. Oh my god, like look back in time. Oh no, so it's not just like it's not just costume. Like, are going to do some period stuff? I love it. Yeah, this is aired August 20th, 2017. It's 88 minutes plus commercials. All right. So who's so again, tell me again. Who's okay. our lead detective? So our lead detective, Detective Chief Inspector DCI John Barnaby, played by Neil Dungeon. DS Detective Sergeant Jamie Winter is played by Nick Hendricks. And that's that's the Barnaby's like helper, essentially. And then there are lots of guest stars, and I'm hoping that there's going to be a pathologist or some sort of CSI well, we person. Al- we but... always hope there's going to be a pathologist. I yeah, mean they're just we'll the see. best. Yeah. We need a f- we need to start we do need to start that pathologist fan club. Yes. Just like yeah. Or the pathologist Thunderdome. Maybe that's something we'll just look at. <laughs> pathologist thunderdome like two pathologists center only one leaves yeah but right now we're gonna watch this episode tell me tell me what's called again it's called death by persuasion it is series 19 episode 5 excellent all right we'll be back with some guessing see you then oh my god i am in disbelief I am in utter shock 
and disbelief. I have to apologize. I have to apologize. I don't know who exactly I'm apologizing for. I'll make it as broad as I can. <laughs> or two. Or two. Yes, I don't know who I'm apologizing to. Uh, so I'm going to make it as broad as I can. I I'm just going to say the entire uh, United Kingdom. Uh, I apologize <laughs> for saying that your BBC shows were very leisurely. Because, oh my God, we got a body in a minute and 13 seconds on this show. It felt like even less. It felt but like you less. you timed it. it I timed it. I it was a minute 11 <laughs> and the teaser was done in three minutes. Holy, I like, we sat down, we sat down on the sofa and I was all like, well, I'm going to settle in because we've got at least 20 minutes before there's a dead body on this show. Because mm -hmm. that's what it's been on the shows that we watched to warm yeah, up for this. Yeah. Maybe it was just the old episodes. I don't know. But I literally settled in. And before I could even like relax into the pillow, there was a dead body. <laughs> I am a gog. I am a gog. I don't like I I I'm flabbergasted. I don't know how I'm gonna guess with this because I, I haven't even had time to You're process not in, this. In practice. Yeah, I know. I almost want to watch it again. <laughs> there are a lot of characters. There in were this a episode. lot of characters they introduced. They yeah. this was economical, this was quick, this was the weirdest version of Westworld I've ever seen. No, because they're all because okay, we are at some sort of manner. Manor. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're, they're like at Jane Austen camp. Right. It's or, Jane Austen camp. But and like, they're all dressed in beautiful costumes oh God, and the sitting cost about I mean, the house it or is, in the park. It lands. is everything that you would hope that like in your fantasy, like Jane Austen cosplay, Jane Austen society life, which by the way, like we really need, like as we come out of this pandemic, we really need to go to some Jane Austen society events. Yes. I, I agree. That is just, I mean, I, I can make that happen. That's, let's make that happen. In okay. any event, in any event, let's, let's tell you what happened yes. and then we can get to the guesses. So okay. here, again, it's really quick. We open on a very beautiful manor house. There's a nice, I thought at first it was like a helicopter shot in, but it was a drone shot in, but a drone yeah. shot coming across the lawn, going up to the house. POV of the drone. POV of the drone. Yeah, you don't see the drone. You just see the shot coming in and looking at it. Then you cut to inside the house. People are dressed in their Regency of attire. There's a striking man in a yellow coat with tails. He's by a window and he turns from the window abruptly and walks away. And as he does, he walks through the room with other people walking through and a servant standing about. And then he walks and out a door and there's a lady next to the door or near the door. She's sitting in a little bench inside a window. like a Writing window a note. Bench, in, like writing a note or reading a book or something. But, but she kind of looks at him. Oh, yeah. She like, looks at him with a little oh, kind of like, like oh, charming. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, she mm -hmm. likes there's, him. There's a connection. A there's some kind of connection there. Absolutely. Yeah. Then you, he, you go outside and you kind of cut really quickly to a lady in a yellow dress with a red bonnet that she has. Like, she's holding in one hand. She's also holding up a rumpled note on a piece of paper. And she's kind of like in the woods, like in the periphery of the woods on the edge of the lawn. And she's looking through the woods and the trees. She's looking through the trees at people on like who are also walking about still in their Jane Austen finery. But she looks up and she notices she's being tracked. She doesn't look up and notice. You're immediately cut to this weird tracking shot that she's like, like, it's this weird black and white tracking shot as if she's in a military camera and being tracked. And she is. She's being tracked by this drone. And this is why I said, I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is Westworld, but for England. It's Jane yes, Austen world. Because the camera turns around and you are looking at a for real drone a for, a with for, all the noise, the little, the little, like the little noise. Yeah, the four, the quadcopter drone with the camera on it. And she's, so she's being tracked by a drone. 
So she runs deeper into the woods where she immediately runs into somebody with a blue athletic jacket, some kind of like Griffin logo on it. Looks like it's some kind of like athletic soccer logo or something. He's got a knife, but it also well, looks it like it's a quill like it's a pen. He. It seems like it's a he. But there's a knife or some kind of bladed instrument that looks like a knife, but also like it could be a quill pen. And wearing gloves. And wearing gloves. And he totally stabs her. There you go. I mean, my notes. We're only one minute in and there's a body. Yeah. So. So fast. Again. And the drone sees it all, it I seems mean, like. Kind ish. of. You seem, it's, it's possible that the drone has seen it all, but it's also possible it's deeper in the woods and the drone can't quite get a look at it. Yeah. But it definitely, the next shot does kind of cut to like the drone at the edge of the woods looking in as if the drone has captured this yeah. on video. Yeah, I take And then back. cut to what seems like another day. No, then I don't. You're right. I don't know if it's another day. It, because it looks like a different drone as well. Yeah, it does seem There's, like it's a different drone, and the drone is holding some sort of red canister. Some red little canister underneath the bottom of it, and the drone is just going down the road of a what a rural village. a rural midsummer village. And it's uh, going. A few people. And it's not high up in the sky. Yeah, it's this at like time. head level. It's at like yeah, head level as it's going through the. And streets. so people like people are looking at it askance and kind of having to dodge it. And a couple of the people that it, that it flies by is there is there is a lady on a bike. There's a lady yeah. with white hair riding on a bike that it goes by and she gives it a second glance, and then it goes by uh, a lady with books. She has short brown hair. She's carrying a few books. She goes into a doctor's office. We're not sure if she's a doctor or someone who works there, but she goes into the doctor's office. And then they cut back to the bike lady. And the bike lady is riding up to the Jane Austen tea room. And now the shot is from above. It is higher than this. The shot Mm -hmm. is from above. And she looks up and it's as if she's looking at the drone. Yeah, and then they cut, and that was that was the well, teaser. Well, there was one other guy. There oh, might yes, you're have right. No, no, you're right. There was guys. no, there was there was there's just one guy. There was a handyman with a ladder. There was a handyman with a ladder. He was that walking went by. down an alley. Yeah, and he came out into the street and nearly yeah. ran into the drone. Yes, you're yeah. right. I'd forgotten about the handyman with the ladder. And then you cut to uh, John Barnaby at home, hearing that there is a body, and our mystery has begun. So there you go. My apologies to the Brits, and my apologies to everybody else for what is sure to be. Some crazy freaking guesses about to happen. Yes. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wild ass guesses. Wild ass guesses. Here we go. I will say that it is the tea supplier. Oh. She has discovered Oof. something wrong with the tea. and Or, yeah, something wrong with the tea. And it's either poisonous or it's not as posh as it's made out to be, but or there is some kind of bad thing happening with the tea, and she is going to expose it and ruin all... I'm going straight Ibsen here. I'm going straight Ibsen that oh. this is that she's going to expose what is going wrong with the tea at this Jane Austen society and bring it all down, and so somebody kills her who is attached to the Jane Austen society and wants to keep up all of the tourism in the town for this society for the yeah. society that's mm-hmm. where that's where i'm going with this so far i might change it but that's my first guess yeah yeah okay so hmm. so who do we know we know we have a handyman we know we have someone who works at a doctor's office yeah we and we know we have a tea room lady and then we know we have at least three people at the Jane Austen Society reenactment. Yeah. Uh, the dashing fellow in the yellow coat, the flirty girl at the window, and then the lady who is dead 
in a yellow dress with a red bonnet. Yeah. And I want to say, too, that I like what you did, that your guess was a guess plus a motive. Well, I know you like the motive. I'm trying to give give you what you want there. But this show, what is also... (laughs) As we've also said, there's no evidence. It's it's just just the best story. It's just the the best story and the motive. So you're totally like right on with this. So I am really attracted to all the letter writing that's happening. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, of course, that's the only way to communicate with people when you're at a Jane Austen Society event. You it's very can't fifth be grade. texting you're, you're people. You're very passing notes. Yeah. You can't be texting. You can't be writing emails. You can take a turn about a garden or you can send a letter with a wax seal. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. But then you've got all these people in the town, and there's some situation with a drone. Although, yeah. is that like a MacGuffin or a red herring? I don't know. We don't uh, know anything. Or I imagine a shaggy it's, dog. It's de- well, it's definitely MacGuffin. I mean, it's, I mean, it may it may come out to mean something, but it's definitely the thing that is meant to like hook us in and get us going down this path. Because a MacGuffin again is a thing that gets it's, you going. Yeah, it's just a kind of arbitrary thing that gets you going, but isn't actually all that important to anything. Yeah, I kind of think that's what's happening. Maybe with you think, the drone. So you just think it's a I deep. think it's just like drones are so much on people's minds in 2017. That they just pulled it out and just said, we're going to need a drone. They're, yeah, that we're real. Yeah. And, or maybe because it also shows up in the last season of Ghosts. <laughs> There's somebody. <laughs> she somebody is also in the obsessed drone. with Ghosts yeah, this week. Yeah, I love that show. Maybe, the BBC version, to be clear. Yeah, yeah. So somebody, the American version is good, too. Yes, but we haven't watched yes. as much of it. She has like watched the BBC version multiple times this week. Yes, yeah. I'm just thinking maybe there's some drone supplier in the UK who's like, <laughs> everybody, these are the things we can do with drones. Everybody get a drone party. All, all these cinematographers have gotten their drone license. So they're just like, yeah, yes. let's do it. Maybe that's it. I mean, this is 2017, so it's not exactly, but yeah, why not? Okay. So I think it's something about the letter, right? And I think it's something to do with the doctor. Oh, you think the, the doctor the is involved? That saw Ooh, the, yes, the okay. Drone. Well, the do- maybe the doctor knows how the tea is poisonous. Actually, I just don't think it's anything to do with tea. Okay, it could be because it does say in the um, description that he has to go back in time. Sure. So maybe there is some like maybe there is old tea conspiracy that we don't know about. Maybe there is, but but also maybe it has to do with football drones capture footage during football games. Hmm. And by, I hmm. do mean the uh, football as in... All football, actually. Uh, well, all football, right? actually. But I am, aren't I am there specific. drones in American football as well? No, there's a, those are cameras on, like, rigging cables and everything. Oh, there's not okay. actually drones. But I thought was, there might be drones at this point. There are blimps. That's, well, as, <laughs> as there have always been. Yeah, okay. So a letter and a doctor, a note... I think she's running and she's going into the woods. I think she thinks she's going to meet somebody in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. Who is going to give her her pregnancy results. Oh. And this has to do with the Jane Austen Society because, because she has to go home and marry the vicar if... She the is Randy actually, Vicar. Yeah. Well, if he looks like the Grantchester Vicar, we're all good. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Grantchester Vicar. That's a whole other show. Okay. 
<laughs> Sydney, by the way, that's who I'm referring to. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere it feels like there are thousands of like British murder mystery hearts just fluttering right now. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, <laughs> Manchester. It's a great show. Sounds like it's a great vicar. Yeah, he's. Oh no! Here's the thing. Oh yes. Maybe it's something to do with ancestry. Oh he yeah. He has absolutely. to go back in time and find out that she is actually inheriting a a place and the doctor has like the dna proof that she Mm. is related to somebody so yes i think that that's what's happened that's gonna be my guess she is going into the woods to find out about her parentage her like was it called we don't need to give that corporation our our advertising but sure let's do it anyway sure yeah ancestry dna ancestry.com or no no the what's it called 23 and me 23 oh she's okay, getting yeah, sure. her 23 and me results <laughs> on jane austen paper from the doctor in town who is going to prove her patronym oh no but actually that shows up in men the pat- it shows up well i don't i don't need to get i can't get into dna i don't know in any event it's going to show who she's descended from yeah and that is going to prove her inheritance of some land in a village and but she's also pregnant and so that would mean whether if it proves oh. one way or the other she has to marry the vicar which is also very jane austen because you always have to marry a vicar at some point <laughs> either it's what a good are, thing or what, a bad thing right <laughs> somebody always marries a vicar depending on the novel it's good or it's bad but you know yeah. it's there so it's because, yes, in Pride and Prejudice, it's a bad thing to marry the vicar. Yes. But in Sense and Sensibility, it's a good thing to marry the yes. vicar. Yes. Yeah. But there's always a vicar. Then there's also that that party theme in the UK, which they talk about in Bridget Jones's diary, the mm-hmm. vixens and vicars. Oh, right. It yes. doesn't Vic- translate in the US. They called it something else in the book. But mm. it, yeah. That's also a joke. I don't think that's going to come up in this episode. This is a costume drama. Yes. Everybody's going to be in their Jane Austen garb and they're going to have to Oh my gosh, do you park. think they're going to have to put Barnaby into like Jane Austen garb? I know they are cuz I've seen the pictures. <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> the pictures are great. Again, I will post them on Instagram <laughs> or on our socials. Okay. I'm thinking about this. Like, I still like my tea idea. I still like the tea idea. Yeah. I think she's just there to clear her family name and finally get real proof about the tea poisonings. Mm. And uh, and I think somebody doesn't want it to come out. So there's some historical bad blood. But I still, but I still, I still say it's, I still say it's the tea. So I've got tea. You've got DNA. So prop bets. What kind of Jane Austen style prop bets can we come up with? If anyone shouts Willoughby. <laughs> As Kate Winslet would do in Sense and Sensibility. Well, done. done. Okay. I don't know, so I can't say. Sure. So I, this is a prop bet that there will be a dance. Like oh, a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has to be a ball. There, there, no doubt. No doubt there needs to be a ball. What else? Like They have to have like a kind of reference to Colin Firth in Pride and Prejudice. Oh, like either yeah. Maybe he has to like dive into there a, is a pond. pond. There we is a pond. The... We saw a pond. Yeah, we saw So a like pond. maybe somebody like dives into the pond yes. and like has to put on like a wet shirt or something. I must once yes (laughs) we're getting off topic but we're gonna watch the rest of the episode and we'll be back and we'll spoil everything see you soon
Hello. Welcome back. This is your last warning. We are about to spoil everything about this episode of Midsummer Murders. All the murders. We're going to tell all you. All who did it. Yeah, who did all the, it? All the pub drinks, all the aquarium fish, all the drone races, everything. <laughs> We're, you're going to get it all. There were no yeah. drone races. The gravelly. I, you know, I love a gravel driveway. Oh, yeah. Nice little crunchy gravel driveway. It's gorgeous. Yes. It's great. Especially like in the British Isles or in Europe. With gravel drive. It's just, I don't know. Why is it so classy? It's so terrible too, right? They're really hard to maintain. Well, they're very hard to maintain. Yeah, I imagine. You know what? I don't know. Why do, how do I know if they're hard to maintain? I've never well, had a gravel driveway. Well, you lived in the Midwest. Don't they have a lot of gravel driveways in the Midwest? Why would they? You know what? Maybe they do. They certainly didn't in my neighborhood. In the middle of this episode, there was this scene from above with a drone. Yeah. And it, it was this very modern house that's very glass. Sure, lots of solar panels on the roof. And yeah, solar panels, and then all this like brick and then gravel. There were just all these textures. Yeah. And opposite, like the Jane Austen side of sure. the story, it was like something out of a, a design magazine or something. And I just thought, what what are we what are we doing here? It's beautiful. Thanks for that shot. Are you gonna put that into like an Audi commercial or something? <laughs> Maybe the director was like, I'm putting this on my real thanks. <laughs> We said we'd spoil it. We're going to spoil it. So the person who was behind it all, it we, neither of us won. It was not somebody no. concerned about tea. Yep. It was not somebody. Tell me your guess again. What was your guess again? My guess was that it was somebody trying to prove their relation through DNA. Well, but you were really close, though. And well, no, not really. No, not There at was all. a relationship, but it didn't have anything to do with DNA and it didn't yeah. have anything to do with the past. But but it was a family relationship that was yes. that was at the center of all this. In fact, there were so many freaking relationships. Yes. In the, like, like this was a very, very complicated murder mystery. Yeah, this was Russian. Yes, it was. It was practically Russian novel. Like in an American procedural, you will get three, maybe four maybe four suspects yeah but, but most of the time it's just three and one of them is immediately not even a suspect this episode had nine nine suspects that is bonkers yeah. people what are you doing with nine su- we needed we did halfway through the episode we looked at each other and like we need a murder board yes we need a murder board just to track everybody that's going on here this is amazing oh my goodness anyways all right we're going to do this. I'm going to try and keep this. We're not going to do a full plot rundown. With nine people, there's too many zigs and zags. But I am going to try and like talk about the relationships and how it all goes and give you the main points. It, it's going to get confusing, people. I'm going to sound like the court jester talking about the vessel with the pestle and the flagon with yes. the dragon and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but stay with me. I promise we can get through this together. So here, here's where we're going to start. We're going to start with Kitty and Nell. Kitty and Nell are sisters. They grew up in the very fancy house, the very fancy old house, where Jane Austen once stayed, theoretically. When they grew up, they got married, and they left the house. Kitty married James. After several years in London, Kitty and James have come back to the house in order to return it to its glory. They run the Jane Austen retreats from this house, the family house, which they call Gorgeous Georgians, (laughs) which... I love. It either needs to be a new wrestling team or Georgia's newest tourist slogan, Gorgeous Georgians, sponsored by Tinder. 
I think you said nudist in there as you were trying to pronounce that. And I'm trying to picture Jane Austen nudist <laughs> oh, colonies dear. or immersive experiences. I think that would be really weird, though, because like you wouldn't maybe you'd wear the bonnet. But you wouldn't wear the weird Grecian dress with the high waist or the, the, the little belt right under your boobs. You would just wear the bonnet and the belt. That, is, that would be it. Yeah, the, yeah. The dress and some and, slippers. And, you know, of course, slippers. I mean, my goodness. Some pretty silk slippers. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Kitty and James run Gorgeous Georgian. Yeah. And they have a daughter named Polly. Okay. Kitty's sister, Nell, married a guy named Ray. Nell and Ray run the town pub. Ray used to be a cop. When he was a cop, he arrested a kid named Ronan. Ronan reformed and now works as a drone pilot for Doug. Doug went to school with James, Kitty's husband. The same school where James' father, Walter, was principal. Still with me? Walter is married to Mary. Mary is the pharmacist in town. She, Who I thought was the doctor right. in the opening she, in the sequence, opening, she but was, she was just the pharmacist. She was not the doctor. She was just the pharmacist. So Mary is the pharmacist. She's friends with Gemma. Gemma was the lady on the bike in the cold open. And Gemma is head of the Jane Austen Appreciation Society. And the tea And the shop. tea house. The Jane Austen right. tea shop. Which is in rivalry with the gorgeous Georgian's home because she says, Gemma says, that Jane Austen stopped at the tea shop, not at the home. So she's the head of the Jane Austen Appreciation Society, but she does not appreciate the gorgeous Georgians. Yes. Okay. We're almost done. We're almost done. So Doug owns the drone company and has a contract to use drones to deliver medicine to the village. He works with Mary, the pharmacist, to test it out. Ronan is the pilot of this, and Ronan is in love with Polly, the daughter. Now, we thought that Mary was the doctor. She is not. The doctor is Solomon Franks, the man in the yellow coat from the teaser. He's the town doctor. And the lady in the window bench who was giving him all sorts of eye was Jane, his receptionist. Samantha Berry, remember, was the name of the woman who was killed. She was a journalist investigating something about the gorgeous Georgians. Nobody seems to know what. There you are. Now we're done. Give yourself a medal if you followed all of that. (laughs) I barely could, and I watched the show. I stopped so many times to take notes that Jessica literally got angry with me. She was like, what are you doing? Why are you not? You can't tell everybody this. I'm like, it's not for everybody. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It was like not even every other sentence. It was like mid-sentence he stopped and wrote something down. And I was like, oh, my God. How are we going to get through this? The exposition was fierce, people. It was fierce. Anyways. Well, what I will say is that our first suspect was Solomon. So, Jessica, while I take a drink of water and catch my breath, you tell them about Solomon. Okay. So, I think everybody, if you don't already know John McMillan, who is the actor, rather, that played Dr. Solomon Franks, you are going to know him. Oh, my. Because he is going to be on a show soon to be released called House of Dragon, which is about the House Targaryen. It's a Game of Thrones prequel. And he is also, I did not remember him. I mean, he looked familiar, but I didn't remember him because I guess it was a while back that during the pandemic that I watched this. But he's also in The Nevers. He was also in the Anthony Hopkins King Lear. He played oh. Edmund. Oh, wow. Holy shit. The cast in this film. It's an amazeball cast. It's got to be a really, really great film. Oh, also, John McMillan was in Maleficent. If you are a fan of him, this episode is great. He's Even adorable. If you're not a fan of him. He is yeah. adorable. And he and his receptionist have a great, like, flirty 
relationship yes. about the whole thing. Yeah, I can't wait to watch House Targaryen and to see him in it. He's yes. going to be great. Excellent. Okay, so the reason that the Dr. Solomon is our first suspect is because it turns out that Samantha didn't die from being stabbed by the pen. She would died from poison. Yes, that's right. It was a poison pen. They hang a lantern <laughs> on that joke. But Solomon is in the clear because he couldn't have done it because he was running back to the hospital to get himself some morphine to dull his chronic pain. So he alibis out. Yes. But after he alibis out, we see James and Ray, the men married to Kitty and Nell, slinking off together for some hanky-panky. And As it turns out. We did not know that. Right. Yes. And they're being spied on by a drone. Yes. So who would you spy on if you had a drone that you could spy on? Would you spy on anybody? Oh, I mean, the thing is about all of this is that you – then you have to watch all the freaking footage. Oh, my God. So much footage. Like, I – I guess I admire security people that they want to like go through all of this crap because seriously, I, I don't think it's so freaking boring. <laughs> to... this, is, this is what AI is for. They'll just find everything. Yes. We'll take that's our drones. Probably... We'll take our drones and we'll just fly them through. I always wanted to fly a drone. Like I love yeah. it's totally illegal and totally unsafe. But right when drones became a big thing, there were all sorts of footage of drones flying through fireworks oh. displays. It was super unsafe. Oh. But the footage looked beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So. That would be cool. Anyways, anyways, it turns out that Doug is the person using the drones to spy on James and other people, and he wastes no time blackmailing James about the affair that James is having with Ray. But we don't, by the way, folks, we do not find, this is like the clincher thing when we find out that they are having an illicit affair and that that's gone bad. Right. We don't find this out until the very final scene. We just know that something is going on and that yeah. Doug is trying to blackmail James. Yeah. James tries to stand up to him, but Doug is like, uh-uh, you tortured me all through school. I will not be denied. I'm going to have my revenge. James is like, yeah, whatever. You're still a loser. So that night... There's a ball at the gorgeous Georgian's Yay, house. Yay, so our prop bet. I mean, we never really followed through on <laughs> we like never a prop doubted bet. It. But there was a ball. There was also a wedding. And there was also a barouche. There was a barouche. <laughs> pulls right up in front of the ball. It was very lovely. Oh, barouche. Anyway, so yes, there was a ball. It was very lovely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Barnaby's wife is going to go as part of research for her writing Sarah. novel, Sarah. And she is, she is going in fancy dress with the pathologist for Barnaby's team. Petra. Petra. And Barnaby and his, his bagman Winter aren't going to go at first, but then they decide to go, but they're not going to dress up. And then f when they do show up, of course, they there are, are in fancy dress. Yeah, dresses, totally so. dressed up. I have to say, though, I did want more dancing. I did, there too. There was some dancing, but I mean... But, I, I mean, the way they... <laughs> this is terrible of me to say. Yes. But they made it look so difficult. Oh, my God. They made it look so bad. And so bad. They it did. It just makes you want to pull out Sense and Sensibility and be like, wow, all you thousands of extras? Good job. Good job. Yeah, no, they did. <laughs> People did not know how to dance. It did not look romantic. I don't know if it was the lighting or the butt. Or, or maybe because the way they were trying to cut the scenes, they were like, we know. need you to cross, you know, do a little bounce, bounce here and then step back. <laughs> bounce, bounce, Okay, now cross, put your hands back. together. Like maybe they didn't even really choreograph it. It was, it was, it did not look good. I was a little disappointed. There was a ball, which I was happy about. Yeah. And lots of people in fancy dress, which I was happy about. But Maybe uh, they didn't want to pay the extras to maybe. dance. Because that is actually well, an I equity, mean, like a bump up, if oh. you're going to dance. Okay, well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they couldn't pay the extras. And also, like, let's be honest. like We've heard like Emma Thompson talk about the dance scene in Sense and Sensibility. And that took a week to it's shoot. A whole week. And people, TV doesn't have a week to shoot one scene. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. In any event, 
there was a barouche, so I'm happy about that. Yes. Okay, but during the ball, some sneaky figure, we later find out it's Doug, whatever, some sneaky figure comes into the house, loads up a shotgun, and fires it at a mirror, meaning to intimidate James during the ball. So everybody screams and, sh- and scatters, and everybody chases everybody else down, and they find to find out who did it. But during the ball, the pathologist, Petra, notices that there had been a fire at the house. She can see the fire damage along the windows. Turns out, investigating the fire, that someone died in the fire. And there was a man named Fullerton who used to work at the house who took the blame for starting the fire and went away to prison. And it turns out that Kitty, the sister at the center of all this, remember, Kitty has photo albums with pictures of herself and Fullerton, but she denies knowing Fullerton at all. Yep. So, meanwhile, Ronan has said that he has figured out who killed Samantha. And he, is about, he gets on the phone and he's about to tell Polly. And that's when the drone drops a knife on him and kills him. So, Jessica, lead us in remembrance of Ronan and his IMDb. Okay. The actor's name is Chris Lou Kumhoy. And I'm sorry if I'm putting the accent or the emphasis in the wrong place. He was just in the Eurovision Song Contest movie. No. Yes. Oh, the, the movie. Okay, not actually Eurovision. No, the no, movie. no. The okay. movie. But that's still um, awesome. Like in the movie. Yes, yeah, so great. He played Jay Bong. He's also been in Dairy Girls. He was in Father Brown, Call the Midwife, and Doctor Who. He's been in like all the He's great. Been everywhere. Yeah. Very visible and really great. And he was fantastic he in was, this. He was, he like, was really he good. He got a really good He was like suspicious when he needed it. to be and like young and tough and macho when he needed to be. He was yeah. good. Yeah. He was great. Okay. So that's Ronan. But Ronan's dead, killed by a drone. But even though it was a drone, Doug says, I didn't do it. You should blame people who are against drones in town who are trying to pin stuff on me. The people against the drones in town just happen to be Mary, the pharmacist, and Gemma, the tea house lady. They think the drones upset the fabric of the village, but they certainly wouldn't kill anyone over it. So on that happy note, Jessica, tell us all about Mary. So Mary Oswood is played by Georgie Glenn. Georgie has this great story. (laughs) So she originally moved to London to be a graphic designer. She had no interest in theater whatsoever. And I'm sorry I'm using that voice because she's not (laughs) like that at all. But she was encouraged by Alan Rickman, who was a, also a graphic designer. No, what? Yes. She was. She moved to, to London to be a graphic designer, and she he was also a graphic designer, and he encouraged her to pursue acting. And so she got her There's big, a story there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. She got her break at 32 years old. And she is known for Calendar Girls, which is the movie where all the, oh, the, the older, older ladies the older get ladies naked in a right, calendar. Do the, the pinup calendar. Helen Mirren, uh, Dame fucking Helen Dame Mirren. Dame fucking Helen Mirren, thank you very much, yes. <laughs> is the lead. And a bunch of other very amazing actors are in that film. Uh, she was also on Waterloo Road. She plays the lead judge in the Hitman's Bodyguard and the Hitman's wife's bodyguard which is a ryan reynolds uh samuel jackson um two movies series she was also in les miserables the movie directed Mm. by tom hooper and (laughs) bbs folks will recognize her from call the midwife she plays miss millicent higgins she was also recently on the crown as ruth as lady ruth fernoy so she's done well for herself oh yes good for her Mm -hmm. i wonder if she misses the graphic designing 
who knows? Maybe she makes logos on the well, side. Maybe she does. Or... Yeah, maybe she's just got a little, she just pulls up Adobe InDesign or Adobe yeah. Illustrator during the breaks and just like. I wonder if she has an Instagram. I should check. Oh my gosh, we totally should check Maybe she would have like a really pretty Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, but things are getting tense. Everything's starting to unravel now because James reveals the blackmail to Ray. Ray confronts Doug and they have an unintentionally hilarious slap fight. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> so, meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> They have this big slap fight, and Doug, Doug has his arm, Doug like his trying. right Doug. arm, hanging out in the middle of this. Like he's trying to be tackled, but he's like got his arm out, and he's like Ray, reaching Ray, Ray for confr- the Doug. Ray confronts Doug just as he's about to send an email with the footage of Ray and James making out to Nell, Ray's wife. And so Ray doesn't want him to send it. So yes, like Doug has his arm on. He's trying to hit send. He's trying to hit send. And Ray's like, no, you can't send it. No, no. Yeah. And then he's got, he's just flap, 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 trying to hit the send button. It's very funny. And, And Barnaby walks in on it. And he he and he and Winter, Winter are both. They just walk in very calmly and are like, "What? What is going happening on? Yeah. here?" And so. They're still in the middle of it, like schoolboys, because they all went to school together, right. and they're just like schoolboys having a fight in front of the teacher, where the teacher's like, "Can you? Are you gonna?" stop you to ridiculousness (laughs) this ridiculousness that's happening in front of me oh anyways like i said ray tries to prevent doug but he can't doug sends the email nell finds out ray and nell's marriage is over and now that ray has nothing to lose and no no secrets to hide he spills all the beans to barnaby turns out that kitty nell's sister the one who's in charge of the whole gorgeous georgians jane austen thing kitty was in love with Fullerton. Fullerton's the man who went to prison for starting the fire in the house. Turns out Kitty started the fire in the house because she was distraught because she thought that Fullerton didn't love her. She was wrong, though, because obviously Fullerton went to prison to protect Kitty. Turns out Fullerton had a daughter, Samantha, our first murder victim. But why did Samantha get killed? So it turns out that Kitty was still in love with Fullerton. But Nell wouldn't let Fullerton be with Kitty. Fullerton got out of prison and came back to be with Kitty. And Nell was like, no, you need to stay away. We need to keep this all in the past. Nell told him to leave Kitty alone. But Samantha, Fullerton's daughter, eventually learned of all this and came back around and started stirring things up. Threatened to open up old wounds. So that's right. Nell had to kill Samantha to protect Kitty. She, that's what she thought. That was her whole thing. Like, I have to protect you. Yes. She kept saying in the episode, our kitty is delicate. Mm-hmm. She is a delicate woman. But of course you get to the end and you realize kitty is not delicate. Yeah, kitty is not delicate. Where anybody got this idea yeah. that she was this little delicate flower. She's up, She's upset and she's prone to flights. Yeah, yeah, she ain't delicate. She's so indelicate that she just severs her relationship with Nell destroying now like she's just like you can get right the you can just fuck right out of my life and now yeah. is now is one is completely destroyed so yeah well she's also going to jail yeah no for as, uh, murder for murder so yeah as barnaby and winter are putting Nell into a cop car they look out and they see solomon and his receptionist jane flirting and they're getting ready to be married so you know it and tur- he proposes he proposes yeah so it turns out that the gorgeous georgian event did spark romance after all yes it was very successful in that yes. and just like a Jane Austen book. Which is what Winter says. Winter says yes. it's just like an ending. But Barnaby 
also notes Ray and James in each other's arms now that they are out of the closet and together as a couple. And he mentions that that would not have been found in an Austin novel, though, along with all of the murder that they just solved, too. So with all of that, Jessica, tell us about James, who did manage to find love. Yes. So James Oswood is played by Samuel West, which probably... In the UK, if you are in the theater scene, you are familiar with him. Um, me, in America, I am not familiar with him <laughs> at all, except that I have also seen him on stage. Oh, good gravy. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> he played Valentine in, in the Arcadia. In Arcadia okay. with Tom Stoppard. Uh, yeah, and the West End. So I have seen him, and he is fantastic. <laughs> but here's the other thing. Yes. I also watched Howard's End for the first time during the pandemic, and he is the young man of no means that, spoiler alert, gets Helena Bonham Carter's character pregnant. Oh. He's the young clerk that she steals his his umbrella accidentally and then tries to repay him, and then they all try to do him good favors, but it just ends up fucking him over. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it just it turns into this massive clusterfuck, you know, it's... Howard's end. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Who else can you tell us about? So, no, well, he's also... Oh, we're uh, still on James. Yeah, yeah. We're still on him because, like, his resume is bonkers, right? He was also in Van Helsing. He was also in Notting Hill. He played Anna's co-star. He was in Darkest Hour. He is currently playing Siegfried Farnan on All Creatures Great and Small, the new one. Mm -hmm. But this is also, I just, sometimes I love the way people write bios on IMDb. So this is how it's written. West is, is an associate artist of the Royal Shakespeare Company and a chair of the National Campaign for the Arts. He was a member of the Council of the British Actors Union of Inequity. And he is a keen bird washer. <laughs> like, what? 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 Acting, 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 bird watching. Yeah, clearly. And a fun fun person to watch on screen. He was, he's um, very lovely. Do you want me to tell you about the director? Please. The, okay. So I w- I'm so excited. Alex uh, Pillai, Pillai is the director. He is of South Indian heritage. And besides directing seven episodes episodes of Midsummer Murders, he is directing two of the upcoming Bridgerton episodes. Ah. I am so excited. (laughs) He has also directed a lot of other American TV, including Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Bull, and Riverdale. All right, that's the director. Tell us about the the writer writer. of this episode is Chris Murray. And Chris has created a couple of episodes for the BBC, including the very successful Doctors show, Mm -hmm. which like pretty much everybody in Midsummer Murders, the guest stars included, have doctors (laughs) in their (laughs) background. It's been going on for millions of years, 3,000 episodes of this soap opera. Yeah. Very successful. He has also written for EastEnders, Holby City Casualty, Inspector Lewis, which Mm. is the uh, spinoff from Endeavor or from Morris, Inspector Morris. He's also written for Agatha Raisin, which I think that's going to show up someplace in our our future. Yes. Prior to screenwriting, he spent a relatively successful decade and a half as a stand-up comedian. Well, part of a duo. Sure. But, okay, this is where it gets a little like, huh? On IMDb with Chris Murray. In tandem with the above, it says. Oh, no. His long-held private passion for the occult and paranormal. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. (laughs) On IMDb? Yes. 
led oh to God. work on series such as Sea of Souls. And in recent years, following a master's degree in the subject, he has shifted original work in this direction. In his spare time, he is writing a screenplay of a mystical novel, The Man Who Drew Triangles. Ooh, and he's pitching spooky. a series in similar territory, for example, contemporary re reworkings of both the Faust myth and the story of St. Bernadette, as well as a thriller about resurrection and a darkly comic drama about the friendship between a boy and a demon. <laughs> A boy and his demon. Yeah. So, Chris Murray, we'll keep an eye out for what you've got going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 the, if the world tumbles into a hellgate in London, we know to call you. Yes, yeah. He'll, <laughs> he'll, he has a master's degree to help us uh, maybe with some exorcisms, possibly. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. He'll tell us the right way to do it. So, the creator of this these characters, the novels, are written by Caroline Graham. And Caroline, so interesting, she was Born in 1931, she left school at 14 to what? become a wefter. So she lived in a in a mill town. Oh, and yeah, went into later went on to the Women's Royal Naval Service, but ran away to join her pen pal who had been in the military, and they moved to France. And she studied ballet there. She was in her early 20s. And then she moved back to England, and he supported her as she went to drama school eventually getting a master's degree writing for theater when she was 60 years old. Wow. Yes. Uh, she published her first novel, which was a romance, in 1982. She was 51 years old. Wow. When she published her first novel. And she is best known for, as the writer of the Chief Inspector Barnaby series, which is what we watched today. Right. Um, and she has written at least eight, maybe more novels on with that character and the topic. And she has been very well received in the mystery community, was named by the Crime Writers Association as one of the top 100 crime novels of all time. And it also won the 1989 McCavity Award for the best first novel and was nominated for the same honor at the 1989 Anthony Awards and the 1988 Agatha Awards, which are like the Agatha Christie Awards. Right, of course, yeah. So she is very decorated and well-known in the crime writing, crime writing novel community. community. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, there you go. Once again, another loss in the books for us. Well, I, you know, I don't know that I can... I, I mean, we didn't win, but did we really lose? No, I it mean, was look, we so got, much fun. I mean, nine people. Nine suspects. <laughs> that's bonkers. Nine suspects and a Jane Austen reenactment society. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win in my book. Yeah. So we hope it's a win in your book. We will see you next week. Till then, I'm Jacob. I'm Jessica. Bye. Bye. everybody thanks for listening we really appreciate it and now we want to hear from you tell us your guesses your scores your insider info your favorite logic cop catches and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next follow us and join the fun on twitter at clue or on instagram and facebook at clue podcast rate us and review us on apple podcasts to help get the word out because watching tv is always, always better, better with, with friends, friends. And I am also a new fan of his. 
I didn't know, but he had directed a bunch of episodes of Being Human, the oh. one with Aiden Turner, right. who plays in the current, who plays Poldark, Poldark in the yes. current Poldark, and I call him the sexy Hobbit because he <laughs> was <laughs> in The Hobbit. Um, Alex Was Pol- he the sexy Hobbit or was he a sexy dwarf? Oh, fuck. Why do I always do this? He was the sexy dwarf. I'm so sorry. I do this all the time. He was the sexy dwarf. <laughs> 